You may be seated. What a day of celebration. It's Pentecost. We're celebrating the gift of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. It's the 10th anniversary, as you've already heard, of this sanctuary building. We have 56 new members just today. And four people were baptized, declaring their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Over the past month, we've been talking about the four H's that energize our spiritual lives. Head, heart, hands, and habits. Today, I want to talk about another H. Hope. You can imagine my surprise and delight when I discovered that there was a picture for this H, too. Let me ask you what gets you out of bed in the morning. Is it your dog barking like it is in my house, or your kids wanting breakfast, or the alarm clock on the seventh time of ringing? Do you look forward to a new day and say, good morning, Lord, or are you more inclined to complain, good Lord, it's morning? (laughs) Now, I know there are morning people and night owls, but do you tend to look at life as a glass half full or half empty? Are you naturally inclined to be a hopeful person or not? Living in our culture today, most of us need help to be people of hope. Now, I'm hoping it doesn't rain at 4 o'clock this afternoon when we have our ice cream social. I hoped I'd finally finished this sum before I went out last night, and I did, sort of. I have a brand new area of hope, my contacts. No, not my contact list in Outlook, but my new contact lenses. First of all, I hoped I'd be able to put them in, that I wouldn't drop one and lose it, that I'd be able to take them out, and that my eyes would adjust to them. Now my biggest hope is that the lens doesn't somehow get down the back of my eye. I'm told that this can happen. Do you know, someone even said to me, Good for you for trying them at your age. I think, I think that was a compliment. When you read the paper, listen to the radio, watch the TV or movies, what is there to inspire hope? Not much. There are times in our lives when even the most optimistic among us find ourselves seriously challenged in the hope department. Life suddenly takes an unexpected turn and we find ourselves struggling to have hope. How do we hold on to hope when we get a diagnosis or news that fills us with fear? The deep need for hope is everywhere. We can be overwhelmed by the pain in our own lives and all around us. You might be wondering today, if you're going to make it through, are you going to survive? We may need the help of medication or counseling or a 12-step group or a support group. We all need hope to live, grow, get unstuck, change, recover, and heal. Sometimes we have to borrow hope by surrounding ourselves with people who are hopeful, who will pray for us, encourage us, and assure us of God's presence and power in our lives. 
We receive hope by being in community with others. And so I invite you to get into a small group if you don't already have one. Our scripture readings today assure us that God is a God of hope who invites us to live in hope by trusting him with our lives. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Abound in hope. We're to have the overflowing hope of being filled with joy, peace, and faith. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. God has given us a new birth into a living hope by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. We can have the sure hope Not only of the possibility that we can be forgiven, but that if we repent, we are forgiven. We can have hope for this life and for the next. The hope of life after death in heaven. A few weeks ago, I was greeting people after all singles fellowship when a man stood in front of me and said, You won't remember me. I said, I do, but I can't recall your name. He said, I'm Craig. And he pulled a crumpled picture out of his shirt pocket, telling me that I'd given it to him over three years ago. I don't remember doing that. The picture is entitled Forgiven by Thomas Blackshear II and illustrates the scripture, If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, Who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness. Craig said, I had to come back and thank you. He'd attended our divorce recovery workshop, and I'd listened to him one day as he poured out his story. Apparently, I told him, when you can no longer hold yourself up, Jesus will hold you up. Craig was at his lowest point. He was completely out of hope. He kept the picture to help him stay on track and to be reminded that Jesus is always there to forgive us, to hold us, and to carry us when necessary. Craig's now building a new life, a new home, and he's living in hope. There was a time in my own life when I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. In fact, I didn't want to continue living at all. My life was unraveling and disintegrating. I was depressed, anxious, and didn't know where to turn or what to do. I was a compulsive eater, looking for love in all the wrong places, running from myself and from God. I felt helpless and hopeless. In those dark days, I could no more have imagined that I would be standing here today than if you told me that one day I would be an instructor in bungee jumping or an Olympic gold medalist in the pole vault. I hardly had enough hope to get through the night. I had no vision for my life. I hadn't experienced God's love for me personally. I was not on speaking terms with Jesus Christ. And I didn't know about the power of the Holy Spirit. 
I didn't know that God specializes in the business of second chances and U-turns. Many of us need to overcome fear to begin to have hope. Now, do I ever hope to climb Mount Rainier one day or be a surgeon of any kind? No. But do I hope to become increasingly the woman God created me to be and to have the trust and the courage to do the things he's calling me to do? Yes. It's been a long road from the orange store in San Diego where I earned minimum wage selling oranges to serving here at First Press Bellevue. I recall the day a fellow student at Fuller Seminary announced to me, you know there are many more graduates in our denomination than there are jobs. Now there's an uplifting, hope-inducing comment if ever I heard one. I recall my response which was that I was counting on the fact that I believed God had called me to go into ministry and that he hopefully had a plan for me, and I was trusting that he wasn't about to abandon me. I had to choose to live in hope, not based on my ability to secure a call, but on God's proven faithfulness in my life. I live in hope now because I know now that God loves me. God has a plan and purpose for my life. Jesus Christ died for me personally so that I can have the gift of eternal life where there will be no more pain, suffering, loss, disease, or death. I now have the hope that I'm accepted, loved, forgiven, and that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to me, to us, through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Does that mean that I didn't experience any fear and doubt when I found out that I was preaching today? Unfortunately not. Do I hope to eliminate procrastination or clutter from my life? Let's say I'm not holding my breath. (laughs) I wrote this for today. Live in hope. Lord, there are many places I have lived in fear and doubt and despair. I want to change my residence and live in the freedom of your care. I long to live in hope that would be a new address for me. I'd like to change the place I live. I'm choosing to be free. Living in hope is a whole new deal. Living in hope will change how I feel. I have a choice. I realize that now. I can choose the place I live, not only where, but also how. Lord, help me to choose to live in hope. Help me to thrive, not simply survive or cope. I want to trust you as you lead the way, to live in hope as I follow you each day. Read and meditate on these scriptures for your daily dose of hope. For in hope we were saved. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. I pray that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. God, by the power at work within us, is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. Be strongly encouraged to seize the hope set before us. We have this hope, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul.
Here's a story of one of our single mom's journey back to hope. She writes, A year and a half ago, I experienced the most traumatic event in my life. I went through the process of a divorce after 18 years of marriage. I had married my college sweetheart, and divorce was not something I ever imagined. I'd experienced the emotional effects of it through my own parents' divorce and didn't wish the same for my own children. For many months after the separation, I went through the common emotional stages following such a trauma. However, I always seemed to fall back on the intense feelings of hurt, failure, and incredible hopelessness. Many days I wanted to just hide under the covers and not face the day. But as the mom of two active boys who needed me more than ever, this was not an option. One morning when I felt like I had reached bottom and sheer hopelessness, I prayed, something I hadn't done in a very long time, and asked for God's direction and surrendered my life to him. For many months I had questioned my faith entirely, and this was a big turning point and an incredible relief. I've spent the last year going back to college and I'll start nursing school in the fall, a far cry from the hopeless feelings I felt that one morning. I've started attending all single fellowship. Many Sunday mornings it's been a lifesaver because as a single mom coming to a very family-friendly church with many couples sitting together in the pews, it can be tough. God has given me the strength to redefine what my family is right now. When the singles mission team talks about their experiences in Guatemala, this woman felt a small spark in her heart and hoped that someday she'd be able to experience something like that, maybe when she'd recovered more from her divorce. But she continues, After the presentation, for three nights in a row, I woke up at the same time, 2.16 a.m. As I woke up each time and looked at the clock, I heard a small voice in my head saying, Think about the mission. I have never had an experience like that in my life and honestly am skeptical when people hear voices, but I realized there was a reason. God was giving me the hope and strength to make the decision to go. Another of our single moms knows the experience of hunger and being on welfare, which was the last thing she ever wanted to do, but shares her testimony that her situation brought her closer to Christ And now she too lives in hope. Through her divorce, she lost everything. She struggled to survive on 8.32 an hour. She writes, Being hungry makes someone lose physical energy, personal hope, and trust in anything. It can even make people so desperate they break the law. I found help through the emergency food programs on the east side and Mercer Island. I realized that I needed more help and support, otherwise I'd be homeless. I went on welfare for several years while trying to prepare for better employment. While on this journey, I found that my relationship with Jesus seemed rather distant. I said, where are you in these awful times? I read the Psalms and shouted to the Lord that I needed him desperately. And he heard me, for through my attending church and reading the Bible, I found the trust I'd lost. No matter what, I had a family called Church. I had hope and love named Jesus. From then on, I have helped to support feeding and relief programs wherever I can. I have legs to walk, a heart to give back, my hands to help, and a mind to witness Christ's love. 
I will never forget the pain and loss of feeling hungry. You would have found this person at the crop walk yesterday morning. We can use our creative energy to imagine all kinds of worst-case scenarios, a.k.a. worry. Or we can choose to envision and discern God's hopeful future for us and others. That's what this congregation has been doing for 50 years and did, led by our former senior pastor Dick Leon, to bring this new sanctuary into being. Listening for God's plans, having the hope and the courage to move forward in faith, trusting the power of the Holy Spirit to guide them every step of the way. First Press Bellevue, as it is today, both the buildings and the people, is a miracle of God's grace and provision. As one of the old-timers said to me this week, this building didn't just drop out of the sky. If you're a relative newcomer, take the opportunity to speak with those whom we have to thank for their faith, hope, vision, and giving that made this marvelous campus possible. They had hope in Jesus Christ, and they wanted to be able to share that hope with more people, more than just two rows of more people. We're called to be people of hope, and we're called to action. We could hope that things would improve for the students and families at Stevenson or the people in Rwanda, but if we don't actually do something, we're not obeying God's call. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're sowing seeds of hope here and around the world, in all the places where we have mission partnerships. Never underestimate the power God has given to you to help someone else have hope through your words and actions wherever you are, at home, at school, or at work. The picture of hope is a painting created for the recent fundraiser for Rwanda Partners. It's of a widow from the genocide in Rwanda. It belongs to Tracy Stone, and she told me about the community center they're hoping to build with a primary school for street kids, vocational training, and help with health and legal issues. She told me that the widows speak of their hope in Christ and their obedience to Christ. God tells them to have hope, not to be afraid, to forgive, so that's what they're doing. Without hope, people die, or they become the walking dead, as they call them in Rwanda. But the ones who live in the hope of Christ are rebuilding. Victims are forgiving perpetrators. People see this amazing hope and they say, if they can hang on, I can hold on. If they can forgive, I can forgive. Rwanda is now sending healing teams to other countries to give them the hope of reconciliation. Whatever your situation today, you're invited to live in hope. Because God loves you, because Jesus Christ died for you, and because the power of the Holy Spirit is available to you to help you face the future with hope. The only secure place to put our hope is in Jesus Christ. Choose hope. Practice hope. Live in hope. And then share the hope you have with others. Scripture challenges us to be ready to share why we believe in God and why we're placing our hope in Jesus Christ. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness 
and reverence. Simply share your story. And we have a new class to help you do just that. Remember, no one can argue with your experience of what God has done in your life. I'll close with my poem, Hold On to Hope. How do we hold on to hope in the midst of suffering and pain? By holding on to Jesus and by calling upon his name. How do we hold on to hope in the face of disease and death? By holding on to Jesus and by thanking God for each breath. How do we hold on to hope when overwhelmed by grief or despair? By holding on to Jesus as we reach out with loving care. How do we hold on to hope in the midst of our fear and our loss? By holding on to Jesus and keeping our eyes on the cross. How do we hold on to hope and encourage each other to love? By holding on to Jesus, who gives us his peace from above. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing, so that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please pray with me. Amen and amen, loving God. Thank you for being the God of hope, for giving us hope every day for this life and for the next. Help us to share that hope with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.